0: queen of pop culture hasn't managed to make much of a mark on cinema. After showing early promise in 1985 with Desperately Seeking Susan, Madonna has been desperately seeking the right role to convince audiences she's a real actress. Her last movie, The Next Best Thing, certainly didn't do the trick. And yet, of course, people will be drawn to see swept away. Audiences may not have big expectations, but they may not be able to resist seeing Madonna in action, in beautiful clothes and on a beautiful beach. I think the uh, scenes in Italy were really pretty, and I liked her clothes in the beginning, but I think at times the movie dragged and the ending was kind of,
1: didn't really have any punch, the ending. She was about the same as she is in all of her movies. I mean, she's okay. Uh, the, the main thing is, though, so I think she just enjoys showing off her body. This is, um... I think
0: we're doing something that we've never done before.
1: We did the Funny Games psycho episode. But
0: I don't think we reviewed them.
1: I don't know if the original and the remake of a movie... I can't think of one off the top of my head that were both rotten. One of these is barely rotten. The other one is maybe the most rotten movie we've ever talked about. What are other, let's see.
0: Yeah, there has to be something. Mm. The Lady Killers is a remake.
1: But is the original, right? I don't know. We've talked about a few remakes on here, but I don't know.
0: I think that Psycho might be one of our most notable remakes.
1: Yeah, yeah, the original Lady Killers has 100%. Oh, wow. Um, we've, we've
0: talked about The Day the Earth Stood Still, a remake that got me wet.
1: We have talked about The Day the Earth Stood Still. We've talked about House of Wax. Oh. I don't think we ever need to talk about the 2007 remake of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, simply called The Invasion with Daniel and no, Nicole Oh, wow. Greg I don't even Nicole remember. Kidman. We will talk about Old Boy. We will talk about Old Boy. Flatliners is the only one then.
0: Flatliners and, and Swept Away. Because Flatliners, we didn't review the new one. We reviewed the first one.
1: Okay, so Flatliners, both rotten. Oh, both Red Dawns, maybe? Definitely the new one, but the original one is a, that's, a, yes, they're both rotten. All right. Well, there you go. And now we have a new entry to the club, because for the first time ever, we're talking about the original and the remake of Swept Away. This is our first time talking about a lot of people here today. Lena Wertmuller is our first time talking about her. It's our first time talking about Guy Ritchie, which is crazy. We've never talked about Guy Ritchie before. That is crazy. You would think we would have. I wish Wrath of Man was rotten, but thankfully people have enough good taste to know that Wrath of Man fucking rules.
0: <laughs> it seems to me that Elizabeth Banks should have been on the podcast by now, but I don't think she, she must. Have I can't think of happens. one, but she 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 must have. Yeah.
1: Madonna, we've talked about famously in Body of Evidence, arguably one of the other worst movies. And we've also about.
0: we've we've discussed Madonna more recently in Girl 6.
1: Yes, she pops up in Girl 6.
0: For just the right amount of time.
1: (laughs) As far as I know, I'm sure he has made other appearances because he's a very prolific actor, but this is definitely at least the second appearance by Giancarlo Giannini because he is- What else? In Man on Fire. As who? Remember, he is the reporter or the, the cop- who is, like, okay. fucking the reporter that Denzel is in communication with.
0: Oh, yeah. wow.
1: He's an actor who I, like, definitely saw in a lot of movies growing up. He's just a guy who is constantly working. I obviously was not ever familiar with his 1970s work with Lena Wertmüller. But, yeah, we're talking about Swept Away, the 1974 original. And we're talking about The Notorious. I think one of the most notoriously Like Up troubled, There With
0: Sheely for us.
1: Yes, Swept Away, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring his at-the-time wife, Madonna. It is the lowest-rated movie that we have ever covered on this podcast.
0: It's 5%. It's a single
1: digit. 5% is, um...
0: I think... I don't know if we could get much (laughs) lower. No, we are going to. Without just...
1: What? We we have something coming up in July. Old boy? No, we have a zero percenter coming up. I I don't know if you wanna know or if you want to keep it a surprise.
0: Keep it a surprise, but like I didn't even know. Maybe you won't even know.
1: I bet you'll never guess which one it is either. Maybe when you watch it, you'll know.
0: Do you feel like it's bad?
1: It's not good, but in a really interesting way. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) When you consider the
1: director and everything, it's not worse than swept away. I think I texted you yesterday. I said is swept away the worst movie we've ever covered on this podcast. You said no.
0: I don't think it is because I think that there are some movies that we've covered like that one that felt like a video game for me because at the end of the day like what there is to discuss with this movie is the fact that like it's a remake and it's starring like a star and like because there's something yeah. much better to compare it to I think that like it was definitely during like a horror movie month or so or an apocalypse month it felt like a video game movie and the lead <sighs> is not quite cake Beckinsale. sale
1: oh, oh <laughs> doomed, so episodes, it was doomed, doomsday
0: that's it that's it <laughs> Because I'm just like um I didn't like it it was like basically what I had to say about it. I'm like I didn't like it and I, and that yeah. wasn't Kate Beckinsale <laughs>
1: it, that was just like there's nothing for me to cling to yeah there's nothing to talk about with doomsday swept away there's a lot to discuss in the same way that there's a lot to discuss with like don't worry darling or untamed heart or blame it on Rio movies where you're just okay like, this I do is not crazy. I do
0: not think that don't worry darling deserves but it's so like manufactured in like a post get out era that I kind of call like bullshit on it where like I think that like Blame it on Rio and Untamed Heart are beautiful because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't know. And Untamed, I love yeah. that. And Olivia Wilde thinks that she knows so much. It's Untamed true. Heart, I think, is good.
1: <laughs> Untamed Heart definitely- And I still don't know big, if he
0: has a baboon heart.
1: Well, Untamed Heart and Blame it on Rio definitely have the craziest plots, I think, of any movies that we've covered on here. I'm trying to think of, like, the bottom of the Wait barrel. till we get
0: to the loft, baby.
1: Look, I, I don't doubt that the loft- it's gonna be is gonna be up there. Okay, the worst movies that we've covered. I hate Eight Millimeter so much. I don't even know if it's the worst movie we've covered, yep. but I I fucking hate it. Joel I Schumacher's Eight Millimeter.
0: Yeah.
1: I think Autumn yeah, in New York is horrible.
0: Fuck you. Just like <laughs> fuck yourself. That movie. <laughs> that movie is good.
1: Okay. Oh. That wait. movie
0: ends with Richard Gere boating with his daughter. That the audience is led to think that he's fucking for a little bit. That movie is incredible. Listen,
1: fuck I know you. it's 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 fascinatingly bad. Definitely. Okay, so movies that are just, like, not even interesting yeah. to talk about that are just really bad, I would say Waiting, for sure.
0: Yeah, Waiting and Sucker Punch are, like, insidious. Like, whatever bro, <laughs> like, quotes those, I know a couple guys who quote Waiting, uh, I'm just like, oh. get out, run.
1: Yeah, Waiting, Sucker Punch, Doomsday, like you said. Oh, The Ice Harvest is a movie that I have zero feelings for. That yeah, I, feel nothing I have zero for. memory of it. <laughs> I think even when we recorded that episode, the three of us were just like, yeah, I don't really have anything to say <laughs> This. it's yeah. just not good yeah those are the worst ones the just really like bottom of the barrel just like you can't even really like grasp onto anything interesting that's what then. i'm saying
0: like i was kind of jazzed when i was watching swept away 2002 because i was like well,
1: well yeah especially if you watch them back <laughs> to back you're just like whoa you really just said like yeah fuck it i guess we'll just like take a few beats here and there and <laughs> remake it uh, body of evidence another madonna movie that we covered early on mm,
0: that's so interesting
1: fascinatingly bad Fastened, that and Jane? Oh yeah,
0: and Shiver or whatever it is, Sliver, Sliver,
1: Sliver, yeah. Fucking yeah.
0: horrible.
1: That's volcano.
0: <laughs> we quote it. You
1: can quote it. You can quote it. I don't know if I want to quote Madonna "Swept Away" unless no. I'm calling someone pee pee. <laughs> then maybe some of the Fifty Shades movies sort of transcend badness because they're just no, they don't
0: count. They're not even
1: movies. They don't count. They don't count. There's, I, I feel like I'm missing something that we're just like, yeah. This For me, movie is it nothing. is gonna
0: be Doomsday
1: is really bad. Doomsday's fucked.
0: I really did not know that you felt like that about Autumn in New York, though.
1: <laughs> Listen, Autumn in New York is a bad movie, but it definitely was a fun conversation. But
0: you like Sweet November, right? I wouldn't, oh, say, no. that I, I
1: wouldn't say that I like Sweet November. I would say that- I it's...
0: like chomping at the bit to watch it again.
1: Okay, what do you think are the top five lowest rated movies <laughs> we've covered according to Letterboxd?
0: Oh, according to Letterboxd.
1: What do you think are the top five lowest?
0: Have any of them come up?
1: Yeah, you can guess number one. Julie, Yes.
0: I mean, Julie's up there. Julie's fucking terrible.
1: I think Uh, this is totally unfair. But number two is Halloween Resurrection, which is fucked up because that's a fucking fun movie.
0: Yeah, that one's fun.
1: I gave that movie three stars. That's a three star, baby. I think some it's of these are just like people that just like think that they're supposed to like hate these movies. Like Fifty Shades of Grey is number three. And it's like, that's oh, by that's no good. Give means me a break. Like, it's the most competent of the five. It's the only one that's a movie. Number four is I Know Who Killed Me, which is like, look.
0: Oh, sure, again, it's not a horrible,
1: movie. Horrible. But. Barely um, a movie. Number five is Batman and Robin, which also just feels like people being like. That's.
0: Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I, I think I'm supposed to I think if you're. Yeah, part of a franchise, and like you, you, the public perception is yeah. that you shit the bed. Then I think that your people are overly hard on you. The wire be.
1: is pretty bad. I but wanted again, to it's like, like barbed wire. Not a movie. No, I know. I'm like, I want to like barbed wire,
0: but it's like but not it's movie. really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> it's not movie. This
1: not movie.
0: It's not movie. I
1: haven't added swept away to the list yet, so I don't know, but it will be in the top five. It has a slightly higher average rating than Jigley. So, we should start with Lena Verdmuller, who is, we've been spending a lot of time talking about really bad movies. Lena Verdmuller is a fantastic director, a director who I had never seen any of her work until this last week. And I, I've gotten very acquainted with her work. It's all on Metrograph and Canopy, some of it's on Criterion. Oh, cool. She's fucking dope. She is known as the first woman ever nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. What movie? For Seven Beauties, which okay, is a fucking say, masterpiece. It it's so fucking good. I, watched, I know
0: I really need to watch it.
1: Watch Seven Beauties, Love and Anarchy, The Seduction of Mimi are dope i'm excited to watch more of her stuff the 70s are like a golden era for her and then she Mm -hmm. does sort of it's just not quite the same for her afterwards i think she has a harder time finding financing after getting nominated for best director she signed a first look deal with warner brothers to make her first american movie which ended up bombing it was was with Giancarlo Giannini and Candace Bergen did not do well and then Warner Brothers um, right after that just said actually never mind we don't want to have a contract with you and severed the contract which probably doesn't happen to Damien Chazelle after Babylon Lena Vermuller, though is one of the most explicitly political directors you can think of all of her films very explicitly political she is a self-proclaimed noted leftist filmmaker
0: it kind of reminded me of something else that's italian like the um elena ferrante like how it's just like it's steeped in that perspective and then there's plot on top of it which one like the elena ferrante novels like the lost child not novels i I think that turned into something but i did not care or even how like sally rooney like like really does like push an agenda along with the drama of the novels that she's doing. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think that you can watch Alina Vertmuller film and not, it's definitely not ambiguous where she's coming from politically. And that's not to say that her movies are like really didactic or really like on the nose necessarily, but she creates really fucking interesting, complex, difficult conversations surrounding politics um, and sex in her films. She was a the theater director that, Once she met Fellini, became enamored with film and then became obsessed with it until she directed her first film in the late 60s. And then, yeah, has her golden period in the 70s. And this kind of comes right in the middle of it, in which she does six movies in six years with Giancarlo Giannini, who was her muse. Were they ever dating? No, just just her muse. She was famously married to her production designer, Enrico Job, Mm -hmm. who... She was with until his death in 2008. She credited a lot of her films to him. She said, "If it weren't for his production design, it wouldn't be the same." Mariangela Mulatto, who is also in Swept Away, was also in several of her films in the 70s. So those two were paired together quite a bit. I think we talked about that. We kind of have to talk about both these films simultaneously. There's no, it would just be redundant because
0: yeah, because like the the <laughs> overall structure is this, or like plot points are mostly the same until the uh, end, yes. I guess.
1: Yes. Well, it's basically it like be, if someone adapted your story and just fundamentally misunderstood everything about your story.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that way kind of reminds me of the Ben Affleck remake of Heartbreak Kid.
1: Ben Affleck, Ben Stiller, or
0: Ben Stillis, Yeah, <laughs> ben
1: sorry. <Affleck> was an <laughs> Actually, Heartbreak Ben Affleck would have done a much better job. I can't um, You know what this I mean? Woman. Like
0: it's kind of giving that same kind of like. Oh yeah. It's, it's really it's weirdly enamored with the first work, but seems to not understand why.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So Guy Ritchie. Is coming off of his first two movies, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, which were fucking huge. I mean, I remember seeing Snatch for the first time as a fucking 12 year old and thinking it was one of the coolest things i would ever seen in my life. Same, me too. At the time, yeah, I was like, this is fucking dope. It was one of the big, I think it was definitely one of the most successful post-Tarantino gangster movies that was kind of aping his shit. He was basically being coined as like the British Tarantino at the time. He gave us Jason Statham. Yeah, guy Ritchie gave us Jason Statham, man. I Thanks, mean, guy, listen, thank you so goddamn much. I also love that guy Ritchie's new muse is Josh Hartnett.
0: That's hot. That's fucking cool.
1: I love that he looks at Josh Hartnett too and thinks you're an idiot. But yeah, I mean, so Guy Ritchie basically makes these two back to back, very tonally similar gangster comedies in the Tarantino fashion, and then he meets Madonna while doing Snatch. Madonna has a song on the soundtrack. They quickly fall in love. They get married. They have a kid. And right around this time. Madonna, who really loves the original swept away, is like, have you seen swept away? And Guy Ritchie says, no, I've never seen it. Oh, no way. So she shows him swept away. And he likes it. But it seems as though he might not have fully understood it. Right. Now, from interviews, it seems like Madonna did understand swept away. Madonna did have a pretty, I think, good understanding of what the film was and what its politics were and advocated to keep the original ending. But Guy Ritchie really did not want to keep that ending.
0: Also, I do think that, like, as kind of a Madonna girly, I just to orient everyone else, like, during this time, it's also like the post ray of light Madonna renaissance. Right, 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 right. So she's going through like a huge boom. She's doing Kabbalah shit. You know, <laughs> like, she re- like, her arms are looking great. She's it's, very like, talented. right before she's like going to cover like American pie. So, this in some <laughs> ways is like the height of her adult career.
1: What did she cover? It was for the Austin Power soundtrack, wasn't it?
0: She covered American Pie.
1: But did she do it for the next best thing for yeah. that Rupert Everett movie? Okay, yeah. that was right before this. Okay, um, it was before this. It was so two thousand. Already done that. Yeah, because we were talking about some of the worst last movies from otherwise like acclaimed directors, and I think we said The Next Best Thing by John Schlesinger m- might be one of the worst. I've never, I've seen, never it, seen it, but it's apparently one of the worst final movies you could have as a director. Really? Yeah, I mean, look, Madonna doesn't have a great track record as an actress, even though the poster hanging on your wall behind you features her in a starring role, and she's great in it. She's great um,
0: in it, but she's also like used in a different way.
1: She is. It was a different... Period for her.
0: She wasn't a superstar yet. No. And she has to be sort of like an enigmatic character. And I think it's like probably the last time that she was ever cats. Like, even by the time she makes like, who's that girl? She has a different.
1: status my first glimpse into madonna was as a kid when i saw dick tracy because i was obsessed with dick tracy and i think she's good in dick tracy i think that and desperately seeking susan are probably the best she's been as an actress because she's utilized well they understand how to use her like she can
0: come across as smug which like could have worked here
1: it could have but she plays it up in a really cartoonish way. So, like starting with the 1974 Lena Wertmüller film, the basic plot, if you don't know it, might sound familiar to you if you've seen Triangle of Sadness, because the third act is pretty much oh for real. This entire have you seen Triangle of Sadness?
0: No, I didn't because oh. you told me it was very poopy.
1: It's poopy. There's poopy in it, but
0: <laughs> there's definitely
1: some poop in Triangle of Sadness. But I would watch it. I I like okay, Triangle okay. of Sadness. Okay. I don't I. There were a lot of people that really hate it and thought it was kind of like too. I was going to say obvious.
0: also a lot of people like really didn't like it. So I was like, it's poopy. And yeah,
1: it's long and the last and the third act of the movie is basically the plot is swept away.
0: So it becomes like a remote island, like a
1: kind of the whole thing is about class island. and 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 it, it's definitely aping a lot from it for sure. But yeah, the original movie, the plot's pretty simple. It's it's basically these Italian couples that are very wealthy. They're on a boat. They're out at sea. They're living the fucking high life. The wife, her name is Raffaella. She's played by Mariangela, Mulatto. She's basically just the entire time miserable and verbally abusing uh Gennarino, played by Giancarlo Giannini, who is one of the deck guys on the he's basically he's a he's a crew guy on the boat. He's a working class guy. He's a communist. And a lot of the early conversations between Raffaella and her husband and the other people on the boat are kind of railing against communism, against the entire thing is basically just like shitting on the working class. So you have these very bougie. What's
0: that show that everyone likes, Below Deck? It's kind, it's like Below Deck.
1: <laughs> I've never seen Below Deck.
0: But it is like an upstairs, downstairs situation.
1: Right, right, right. And you have who Giancarlo Giannini, Especially, like, because I only knew him as, like, an old man in, like, these later American thrillers. When you see him in, in her movies, he has one of the most just fucking amazing expressive faces I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, he does. It's so fucking expressive. It's, like,
0: cartoonish.
1: Yeah. His performance in Seven Beauties, I please watch it. He yeah, I'm going to. Is, I, I've never seen anything quite like the movie and his performance, but he basically is cast in a lot of her movies as, like, a scoundrel. In this movie, he does have very strong communist convictions in a lot of the other movies, He's kind of a poser. He's kind of just working class, but not smart enough to fully grasp political views. But he'll kind of go wherever he has to in order to survive. In this, though, I would say he's pretty strongly like I'm. Yeah, he's smart
0: and he bites back.
1: He knows his shit. And Um, you do get
0: to see like his relationship with some of the other like crewmen. Yeah. Like you get to see like his personality, how it is like versus the personality that he like gives. To the people that are essentially like yes. paying him.
1: Anybody who worked has worked in service in a restaurant, anything like this will be able to know exactly the type of dynamic that you're dealing with. It'd be like if you were on a boat with just like the absolute worst fucking white woman you've ever waited on in your life.
0: It's it's like if Gwyneth Paltrow was having a buyout at your restaurant. <laughs>
1: They should remake it again with Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Yeah, Goop does it.
1: Do it with Gwyneth Paltrow and- uh, And who? I don't know. Maybe this guy has a son too. Because <laughs> we- sh- Okay, so the whole thing is that one day, Rafaela wants to go out. She basically wants to go take a date trip on her own. is like, we can't fucking do that. It's too late. I'm not going to do that with you. She forces them to. They get on this little boat. They go out. They get stranded at sea. Then they wash up on a desert island. And suddenly, the power dynamic has shifted. And now, Gennarino is the one with the power because he knows how to fucking survive and actually do shit on his own. Mm -hmm. And Raffaella is at his mercy. It becomes a very political and sexual power dynamic, which leads to a very, I would say even at the time and now controversial relationship. Now the remake is in two thousand two. Can I say one thing? Can I ask a question? Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The movie that it immediately reminded me of is a movie that I watched countless times, and is probably part of the reason why I'm fucked up. And I <laughs> wonder if it's like lightly based on this. It's like the Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn.
1: Because I've never seen the I've never seen Overboard. You've are, never
0: seen Overboard. I've never seen
1: Overboard. Oh, oh those Overboard? are both definitely rotten.
0: Oh, dude. I would do both of them. Overboard's really great. I think she might have amnesia so she doesn't know that she's rich. Yeah, so it's like America's like, let's make it a little meaner. Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, it's like kind of the same dynamic where I think she's like a cunt. And then I think that he like traps her. It's really good.
1: Right, right, right. I think it's reversed in the Anna Faris one where she's the poor one. Give me a break. Like so many movies where they were like, can we make her the next Goldie Hawn? But in a like really fucking horrible sexist 2000s comedy. You're right. It's
0: 46%.
1: And you the you new go. one
0: is 23. There I would do, I think Overboard is a legitimately like great movie. Audience score 74%. This movie was playing on TNT throughout my entire childhood. Thank you so much, Overboard. It's sort of like in oh, the same stuff as like, yeah, it's like Money Pit and stuff. Like yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, them together is great. Um, yeah, you
0: love a wife guy.
1: I love a wife guy, and he's the biggest wife guy. God, okay, it I makes sense you haven't seen
0: it because I was like, why hasn't he brought up Overboard yet? It really does feel like Italian Overboard, where like by the time, because I think Overboard comes out in like 1978, so like afterwards, no. but switch it 87. No, is it the 80s? Okay, yeah, cool. 87. They feel yeah, yeah. very, very, very similar to me, but like it's like schlocky and Hollywoody and like goofy, where like this movie is like anything but goofy. I,
1: it's not goofy, but it is.
0: I think it's like intentionally like. Complicated.
1: Yeah, I think what I've gathered just from watching like the few of her movies that I've watched this week, her movies are like tragic comedies. They're tragic comedies about very weak minded men a lot of the time a lot of it is infused obviously with her political views I love and anarchy is literally with Giancarlo Giannini as a guy who's going to assassinate Mussolini if that for as explicitly clear as those things are in the original in the new one it does really feel like a guy who's sprung on some new pussy and his wife was like watch this movie I really love and he's like I think I understand this hey I mean,
0: that's kind of sweet
1: does Guy Ritchie eat pussy he has to
0: he has to with Mary to Madonna
1: and I sent you that picture of them buying the sex toy to peg him. With. Yeah, that was like, yeah. He's pussy. He's eating pussy and getting. He's pegged. eating pussy. So probably one night after watching the movie and him eating her pussy for hours, he was like, "Listen, what if we went out and we made this movie? Like, that would be cool, right?" So he adapts it himself. He writes it very quickly, and literally within months, they're getting the movie financed.
0: That's crazy. Also, it makes sense that he wrote it quickly because, like, because the first twenty minutes of the movie, I would say. More closely follow the original. They and do. It's
1: it pretty just, much the same thing.
0: Even like shots look very similar, and then like slowly it just like drifts so far away.
1: Yeah. So it's clearly it's like the same fucking setup, except in this one it's it's basically three American couples that are tourists in Italy. They go on this boat. That's we get to see
0: Gene Trimpelhorn again. Yes, kind it's, of it's, a podcast regular
1: madonna and bruce greenwood and gene triplehorn and then you get elizabeth banks as like the younger girlfriend of one of the guys they are going on a very nice boat that madonna is just like repulsed by that i was like okay this seems a little over the top already i know it's like, I'm just that like that's a dope nice. boat it, yeah you could have made the boat so much worse but the well opening... that's
0: the other thing about the boat like even once they're on the boat where the original because like the 2000s it's like it's the grossest to me we're just like so obsessed with like making everything look nice it's like the kitchen that they're cooking in is so fucking nice it looks like the kitchen and like shock a lot it's like fuck you you can't have it both ways yeah it needs to be kind of dirty down here and they get to have the nice things otherwise it's like he's kind of being a little bitch too i mean i bet he's making good money like i'm just like eh. it
1: also opens with listen i like gold frat but it does open with a gold frat montage and later on plays a mazzy star song that i was just like oh this does not as soon as the mazzy star song came on during a romantic moment i was like oh you have fundamentally just you have failed the test you don't know what this movie's about in the original once they're stranded i mean there are a few things it's it's pretty much yeah like pretty much beat for beat up until they get to the island because the thing that changes is that like instead of like the boat hitting rocks she steals the flare gun and fires it into the boat like a mm -hmm. fucking moron and also i think that capitalism and communism are maybe brought up twice it's like
0: these people have like, loosely held, at least. It's like these people are people that are virtue signaling towards an ideology, but it doesn't really seem like they, like, possess any opinions.
1: No. And I think that's that also can be, like, a contrast of the times, obviously. We
0: should make one that's, like, a blue, like a BLM person and then, like, a thin blue line person. <laughs> <laughs> they, or fall
1: like, they fall in love after he rapes her on an island. <laughs> yeah. What if they got her on an island and he raped her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, also, all of the movies that I've seen by her, someone is either raped or almost raped. But yeah, once they get on the island in the original and in the new one, the dynamic changes. Whereas, like in the original, though, we really spend time with them on the island. We really get some time of them, and we see the power shift between them. We see her takes a while given to the fact of like, okay, I'm stuck with this guy who she just finds like repulsive. It's almost like the Bridget Fonda De Niro dynamic and Jackie Brown in the parking lot when they can't find the Mm -hmm. car but for like two hours <laughs> where he's just like i'm gonna fucking kill you You yeah. need to get the fuck away from me
0: the updated one the guy Ritchie version i think that like i mean we're gonna pick on her so like let's do it i think that like also like madonna's performance really lacks like any sort of dimensionality so like when she begins to figure out that she needs him it comes across as like flat and vapid and bitchy as right. when she was just being a bitch to him on the boat yes the one thing the one other thing that it veers off from while, while they're still on the big boat is that she kind of gets drunk and flirts with him once, which I do she think does. is there to like undercut what happens later,
1: yes, because i the big thing is that the guy Ritchie movie thinks that this is a romantic comedy, and the it film, it's a
0: romantic comedy
1: it. Just does not understand the story that it's telling, which is bizarre because it still decides to keep some of the more, I would say, uncomfortable beats of the original, which is him beating her,
0: beating her, yeah, raping her.
1: But it's interesting because, like in the original, the near rape scene is like pretty notorious because it's it's really upsetting and it's long. It's really long. It's so
0: long. It's so upsetting. And this one, he kind of does turn into foreplay.
1: It turns into foreplay, and it's over in like thirty seconds. Like the movie's so uncomfortable, even sitting in that scene. That it's like, let's just move along. Let's just quickly move along. And you never really get the full power dynamic. It's really just her in the new one being like, well, I guess you're kind of hot. So maybe I'll fuck you. Also, we should say that adriano giannini plays a oh, right. character in the new one who is the son of giancarlo giannini they
0: look a lot alike
1: yeah i would say his son is definitely a lot more like classically handsome and like he Calvin. Like, Cl- a, he's like calvin Klein he does okay like a workout
0: yeah yeah he does sure. like an usher workout
1: apparently he was cast without them knowing that he was his son he just showed up to a blind like no. casting thing no and then they realized he was the son and were like what the fuck
0: i think his dad is like hotter though he kind of looks like Marcello Mastroianni or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's no, like, a very intense,
1: very expressive Italian man.
0: Listen, this guy's hot. I, I would fuck him, but I still think his daddy is a little bit hotter.
1: Yeah, but also the character of Generino in the original is so much more complicated. He's not just a working well, class hot guy who gets The strained. other
0: thing is, <laughs> he has a fucking wife in the original.
1: He does have a wife. He has a wife back home.
0: And she's deleted. And I think that is like, one of like the the crummiest things that the movie does is just like get rid of that character or get rid of
1: well it's only interested in preserving their romantic relationship yeah again like it just seems like guy Ritchie was like oh it just would be fun to like go shoot on an island with you wouldn't that be fun to go shoot a romantic comedy there's like a fantasy sequence well, at one point where she is okay i was gonna say music that video
0: <laughs> well first he has her sing to him Then he like imagines it into like a fantasy sequence out of like what like like out of like an oceans movie or something like I don't even know what it is. It's it's, and really long or it's like it's longer
1: than the near rape scene.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's not supposed to do this. I think it's actually supposed to be like a breath of fresh air or like, but it's it just is so. Peculiar that it ends up being the uncomfortable rape scene from the first movie.
1: It's really fucking uncomfortable. There are certain things that are thrown into the movie like that that feel like either Guy Ritchie trying to appease Madonna and being like, "Oh, this is what you want, right?" Who the fuck really knows? I'm not trying to. He is sort of, I think,
0: notorious for being bossy in the same way that I think Frank Sinatra could be like, "I'm not doing
1: that." So it seems like they give her that moment. They also give her. Once the characters start to fall for each other,
0: they- They make her so nice.
1: They make her really nice, but they also have something where, like, the dynamic never- It doesn't stay abusive in any way at all. It just becomes a straight-up romantic comedy. And also, of course, it gets to the part where Madonna's character has to be like, you have no idea what it's like to compete with 18-year-old girls. Like, you probably just want some younger girl. And it was like, why? It
0: has to be like, well, she was a bitch before because of bitch. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's like. Also, eight. Yeah, why 18?
0: (laughs) If this guy wants to fuck an 18-year-old, like, go drown yourself.
1: Yeah, that's not it's good. Say like
0: 25. Say like 25. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's so, what's like, wrong with this movie?
1: It feels like a line that's so clearly, it, like, a Madonna-ism, where it's like, she's at this point in her career where she's in her mid-40s. She's just had a comeback. And she after also looks
0: so hot.
1: Yeah, she's, like, super toned up and shit. So she's, like, inserting her own things and ideas into the movie, where, like, even when they're on the boat, the original line about her saying like it's okay if you starve a little it's good for you like you oh yeah in the original she says fasting is good for you and then and Giancarlo Giannini says yeah well people like me are on a constant diet called poverty and then in the new one it's about like spirituality she's like oh no no it's really like spiritual so like fast like that and then it's like, never, there's no comeback. There's nothing like that. So it's just like completely erasing these things from it.
0: Yeah. Cause rich people do love to do things like that. Like take a sensory deprivation tank. The worst date any boyfriend has ever taken me on. is. I went on a date
1: at one too. And I hated it. You did? <laughs> I hated it. It's I got like, up it's like- after five minutes. I was like, I can't do this. I just went and walked around.
0: Yeah, it really brings out in me, like, the exact opposite feeling that, like, when I hear people talking about how great it is, like...
1: No, I hate it. It's scary. It's just, like,
0: why do you want some of your things taken away? I'm just, like, I don't fucking get this. It's, like, a risk. white, for thing to me. It's so stressful. I was like hyper aware of my body. I felt disgusting. And yeah. I don't
1: want to sit in a body of water in the dark that I can't see anything. I'm like, what the fuck no, is in it's here? it's so
0: stupid. It's so <sighs> fucking stupid. What are we
1: doing in here? Um, no, it's the really The other stupid.
0: thing, I think that it harkens back to the fantasy moment that feels like a m- music video. They also play the most. They stumble upon a little bit of old liquor. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and play the most. Embarrassing game of charades I have ever seen. It's like fuck, just like suck each other. Like just it's do literally anything. like watching
1: a woman like, who's never had to play charades in her life. I was yeah, like, I don't think like, Madonna's ever played charades. <laughs> I don't think she understands
0: this. It's so embarrassing, and they're just like LOLing, and like they are also are picking like the easiest people ever, like Charlie Chaplin and Jesus. It's like you fucking. They're idiot. just
1: two basic fucking morons from different classes that have found each other. Whereas, like in the original, there's like a genuinely like upsetting sexual power dynamic and he keeps that keeps hitting to happen. her. He so hits
0: like, her just for saying the wrong thing, and I think yeah. that like that's what makes the original like makes people bristle against it. It's because like they're still at their core the same. People. Exactly. Like, yeah.
1: Well, because yeah, it's like so he suddenly has the power, but it's like at the end of the day he still at that time is a man who Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what and that's not to say that you know all communist men are like that but he's this very kind of like working class communist italian man in the 1970s and as soon as he has the upper hand it does become like oh i can control you with my physicality and hitting her but even when it becomes sexual the rape scene or where he nearly rapes her which is a very complicated scene where You can't tell how she feels about it.
0: She's really trying to get away for a very long time.
1: She really is. Yes.
0: And like, it feels to me like she just tires herself out.
1: So at first I thought in the original, I was like, I'm trying to understand if she is understanding the dynamic of men and women and is like, okay, I'm stuck on this island with this man who can physically overpower Mm -hmm. me. I have to give in to him. I have to find a way to keep myself alive or from being raped or attacked or... Maybe it's like, I can convince myself that I like this guy so that it doesn't feel like I'm being raped. So that it doesn't feel like, it feels like I have some choice in the matter. That's not what it is, but it does at least make you question that of like, where is she coming from? Like, what is she, is this a survival tactic? Is she genuinely turned on by the physicality? Which is, again, like, that's okay if she is. It doesn't make it like a good dynamic. It doesn't make it good, but that's an interesting motif for that character. Whereas in the remake- (laughs) It's just like, it's okay that you're poor because you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like, I think a big thing that's important in the original is that even though she rails against communism, she's so attached to capitalism. When politics are brought up, she's sort of just like, ah, oh, politics again, it's so boring. And it's like that thing of like, yeah. no, it's a pro priv- Like, I'm sure you've encountered that too. Like, you don't have to be an overtly like political person or talk about politics all the time to not care about things. But when you talk to people that are like, oh, I don't care about politics, or I don't want to talk about that, it's a privilege to find politics boring. Mm -hmm. That means that you're not affected by anything. I think that's a really interesting fucking dynamic between them in this one. Because the whole time that he's abusing her, he'll go from like calling her an industrial whore to a social Democrat, like in the same sentence.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the new one, she mostly calls him names.
1: She calls him a monkey.
0: Oh, she calls him a monkey. She
1: calls him a monkey and then a hairy black midget.
0: Oh, yeah, she does say that. (laughs) It
1: feels like really hateful. It feels like all of a sudden she's like, I'm on an island and I can say whatever the fuck I want to you. (laughs) Also, she calls him Pepe and then she just calls him Pee-Pee for the most part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she does. I can't eat this.
1: What's wrong with it?
0: Nature boy. You. Pee-Pee. Yes, madam? This fish is bad. It's off.
1: Bad? In that case, if you don't want to eat it. You probably want to wear it.
0: Now it doesn't look so bad, madam.
1: You blinded me! So now you can bake the cake. Anthony, help me!
0: Sit the fuck down, rich boy, or you'll need all the drugs you got to ease the pain I have for you. Anthony! Shut up, bitch, and tell it to the fishes. Help me! Anthony!
1: Now Pepe is in charge. I wanted to ask you though, because like we talked about the near rape scene and a lot of the dynamic is really complicated and and fucked up, especially by today's standards. I can't even imagine what younger audiences would Would make it this movie how they would dismiss the politics of it. But I'm curious, like, because Lena Wertmüller is considered like a really, she's a pioneering female director. She makes mm -hmm. films about really selfish, awful men. Their behavior contradicts their political ideologies a lot of the time. But when you look at this, like, do you see this as being like a problematic movie or like something that's anti-feminist in any way?
0: No, I feel like it's like there to be complicated. And like, I was frustrated not by it. But, like, I was, like, kind of frustrated watching it because I was like, oh, if this existed now, people would just be like, it's bad because this happened. Yes, for and sure. I that that's yeah. really frustrating. I'm not saying that, like, ooh, I loved the, the near rape scene. But, like, ooh, I, I love just think that. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. But I just I just don't understand. Like, Blue Velvet, there's, like, a rape scene. You know what I mean? And sure. that is a movie that you know people adore and like people riff off of his stuff all the time but like i just think there's like really a flattening of like even the things that like movies can show so like sure we can be like as woke as possible but like i don't actually think that like we're making movies that are Presenting their audience with like any sort of like nuance. I mean, sure. that's not a hard and fast rule. Like, I'm also not like saying like more rape scenes twenty twenty four. But
1: <laughs> let's bring rape back <laughs> yeah, as soon like, as the writer strike the is over. That's going to be the first meeting. We need to start writing more rape scenes. In the movies, guys.
0: But you know, now we live in like as a father of daughters like universe. And I'm just like, (laughs) fuck you. Like how many bad things happen on Earth, like the Holocaust and slavery and murder that we're really comfortable showing? And it's like I understand if people just cannot watch it. But it's just like it's like this weirdly both like fetishized and and taboo item that like we can't touch. However, if you're a person that like watches pornography, there's like tons of like quasi rape and rape porn. For sure. Because it is still something that like people and especially women are like fixated on right. just because you like put it in a bucket of like don't touch that i, I don't think that like the fantasy behind it or, or the fear behind it ever goes away so like sometimes if done in like responsibly i do think that like cinema does a good job of showing just like how fucking like terrifying the threat of that
1: sure is. yeah Obviously, using rape as a trope has been something used in horror as like a rape revenge thing. And that's something that has grown into a really questionable I think trope where it's like, okay, we need to give this woman agency by taking it away from yep. her. That's obviously a fucking dead problem. Wives, yeah. Dead wives. And, if and, you're and, a hero, you,
0: ha- you get a dead wife. If you're a woman, you got raped or your baby died. Yes pick a straw
1: <laughs> yeah. do you want to get right <laughs> baby? Yeah. sorry <laughs> <And> the <laughs> there was a there was a review by this feminist author named tanya modleski modleski um and she was writing about the movie in jump cut and she basically said that it reinforced stereotypes about oppressed ethnic groups so there was no justification for critics to praise a rape fantasy film um responding to the film's message about class warfare she wrote so even if vert uh, wanted to convey only a political message she has clouded rather than clarified the issues. She could have made both parties male.
0: What? What? Also, why does that make it? okay
1: yeah or like, you know what i mean so like, it why would does be that, okay if the why does that make it more watchable 100 like
0: it seems like it seems like the rape version of like reverse racism and people are like well it's supposed to do this so yes. i don't well we i just- guess
1: i asked too because you know i i think that even at the time that it came out it was controversial and that's why the movie was divisive especially it mm-hmm. comes right before her oscar nomination for seven beauties another movie that has a really ugly rape scene that's your protagonist also played by giancarlo Giannini, who is trying to survive in a concentration camp who goes to jail for murder and in a flashback is seen in in a mental hospital because he's pleaded insanity in order to get out of a longer sentence and he's mopping the floors and he sees a woman tied to a bed who's being restrained because she's mentally she's having a breakdown and he rapes her because he looks at her as like well, and it's in a flashback crazy. And he's your hero he's your protagonist yeah. and it's a very fucked up just like it's the kind of protagonist that yeah nobody would even dare to even have anymore and again yeah like i understand if you're just like i just don't want to see that that's fair but i don't think that it, it, it's just such a jarring contrast when you see the original and the new one back to back new by new i mean 20 years old because you see how that rape scene is handled And who is more willing to sit in it and who is not to kind of skip over it in order to get to a very simplified rom-com story is really ugly. It's like, to me, even uglier because I'm just like, you don't even know even know what you're showing us
0: it doesn't even come like a rom-com at the end. I think at the end we're supposed to think that like they're kept apart by like her big bad husband. Right, you know? which is weird it, too be, it, because it becomes, on the boat be, his husband's like, pretty chill. What? Yeah. Because he's even not on the boat
1: is just like I'm just chilling, dude. I don't know what to tell. It becomes you. like
0: reverse <laughs> like reverse Casablanca at the end, where it's like yes. in Casablanca you like like the husband and you realize like the scenario keeps these people apart, but it just like makes the husband like this like tool that's keeping them apart.
1: Cuz in the new one it's about preserving this love story this love story that has been very because they
0: know in the original (laughs) they both know that if they go back it won't work because that scene is the same.
1: That scene is the same, but it's with different. It's it's a different circumstance, and that at the, in the original, it stays true to class no matter what. At the end of the day, right? Class is always going to be the thing that people surrender to or the side that they take. So well, class
0: doesn't matter at all in the second one because again, no. her husband's just a fucking cockblock,
1: and it's also a. a contrivance of the character who's been set up to be relatively pretty chill and almost might even seem like he doesn't even like his wife
0: i'm sorry if my boyfriend was like stuck on an island for more than i don't know 48 hours like with like a like someone that was attractive i'm like yeah you probably fucked it's 48 hours you, i think okay. 48
1: hours is a little quick
0: um <laughs> <laughs> right okay he listens to the podcast so Then i went 48
1: hours okay i don't know <laughs> okay what to tell you. i would
0: say a week once you begin to get like hungry and desperate I think. Once
1: you get to the point of like, yeah, hallucinations and like, I don't know though. I would be like, wait, so you fucked the guy that you were taunting on the boat and calling pee pee?
0: I mean, you guys that You went makes to an sense. island and you fucked him? <laughs> I like, it makes perfect sense. Well, yeah, because in I, the I original,
1: like, it's like she's turned on by the fact that he becomes more domineering. So, like, this yeah. domineering figure, so she surrenders to it. She's
0: like, cool, it's power. I like power exactly, the whole time. Exactly, exactly. And, and now you so, have it. Usually at home, money is power, yes. and I like that.
1: And then even when she's trying to fuck him, though, he still never fucks her yeah it's not clear if he is scared to fuck her or if he wants it to be on his terms is he tells her if only you knew how much i want to split open this perfume pussy which is one of the craziest lines I've ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then he calls her a depraved industrial cock teasing bitch but she is like telling him to basically fuck her and beat her she says sire master beat me kill me they leave this island and then by the end yeah it's a thing where he's like if you love me be with me and don't get on that helicopter with your husband she chooses the husband and her wealth because of course she fucking would
0: Yeah, of course she because once she's back in that element i don't know because they both say both characters say like this is the happiest i've ever been but like is that true or is it you know like you just don't yeah you can you like everyone is duplicitous and they're not even like in the first one i don't even think they're like knowingly duplicitous it's just like she says things that I think that she thinks that she means. Like,
1: yeah, and obviously those actors are fucking light years better and are so much better at selling that they also have a really great kind yeah, of- Yeah,
0: but I I also don't envy the poor guy who like takes his dad's part and then has to act alongside Madonna. Like, cause I don't think While he- While her husband
1: like... films you, slap her around a little more. Exactly. Like, <laughs> can you slap... so in
0: some ways I'm just like, of course he's not like, as like enigmatic as like his dad is, but sure. I think that his job sucks. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> no, I would not take that part, especially at an open casting call. Like, oh, by the yeah. way, I my dad played the original part. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, you're gonna direct it, and that's your wife. Oh, okay, oh, we, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand like the husband reverse ending in the, the in husband the reverse one. ending
0: is so fucking stupid. Like, he hides an envelope and he like, does all this shit. I'm just like, who fucking came up with that? And I feel like Madonna really wanted to like be seen as like the victim and like. The, the one that the audience like sympathizes well, for.
1: apparently she wanted the original ending. And Guy oh, yeah, was like, no, I want a more traditional romantic tragic ending where she wants to be with him, but she doesn't know. It's like a misunderstanding, essentially. Yeah. But her husband is suddenly like, and Bruce Greenwood's actually very good in those scenes where he has to just kind of quietly know my wife wants to be with this guy but i'm not going to let it happen it's he plays that moment well even though his character has not been set up to be that guy
0: i do think that like the fact that he's married is important yeah because he gets home and she's like waiting for him
1: and she's like crying and kissing him and he's like don't make a fucking scene like yeah get the fuck away from
0: me And then she sees that he was going to betray her. Yeah. So the poor person kind of loses what he has.
1: Exactly. So he, at the end of the day, the poor will always lose. He loses the one thing that he had that money doesn't buy, which is his relationship with his fucking wife. He loses that. He loses this new woman. That's the tragedy of it. And the realism of it, like class will always fucking dominate.
0: Have you seen The Umbrellas of Cherbourg?
1: You know, I've never seen that actually. Oh, really? I think you yeah. really
0: like it. I think they also are like having a conversation. I really like that movie and I any mean, and I think that like this and that are like the Umbrella Shaborg is like a little bit more um whimsical and pretty and optimistic, maybe. Sure. Maybe not even optimistic, but like it's successful. And because it does get sentimental, kind of like the Guy Ritchie version. Right. But the guy R- Ritchie version is like so confusing to me. Like once they're back on land, it goes so far. Like I think for the first 40 minutes that you could like almost watch like 30 seconds to be like, oh, this is a, probably a remake of Swept Away.
1: Well, I think it's, it is interesting because, yeah, you get literally the exact same setup of the ending, but it's like that's almost the most indicative. I think that and the almost rape scene and the way that it glosses over a lot of the more uncomfortable scenes in the earlier movie is like that tells you everything you kind of need to know about how rushed the movie was and how much there was just like a fundamental misunderstanding of everything that was happening. I guess Guy Ritchie said like... because. Once the movie bombed in America, it made not even like a million dollars off a $10 million budget you know he was like I did I made this because I didn't want to be like stuck in a particular genre I didn't want to be typecast I mean, in I that kind way of and I respect did, yeah, a dude that's, that's okay. like
0: you know what I'll make a rom-com or like what he sure. conceives to be a rom-com but yeah
1: yeah and like he's an interesting director in that like he did get out of that and then he has like his period where he makes these you know like very breezy like caper action comedies like the man from uncle and then now he's like in this new era where he's oh, making yeah. like and now
0: he's like kind of in the Sherlock Holmes
1: he did the universe, Sherlock Holmes right. movies which like the first act i saw it it's not that bad it's fine and then he comes back with like wrath of man which i think is just so fucking dope i haven't seen the covenant yet i love that he gets the john carpenter treatment and it's called guy ritchie's the covenant that's amazing i am excited to watch it and he did that weird like caper comedy this year with with aubrey plaza and jason statham and josh hartnett
0: oh how is that
1: i heard it was pretty bad which is a shame because that's i
0: wanted to watch it based on the (laughs) cast and i was like oh that could be good and then i didn't hear anything about it and i was like oh
1: but yeah i guess the movie once in the uk the swept away remake immediately just went straight to video they were just like you know what we're actually not going to release this which i guess really hurt him yeah i mean basically he was like i don't want to get fucking typecast and he's like i just wanted to go make a nice little art movie with my wife and then we got the shit beat out of us everybody hated it he's like i had no idea it was. but it's not
0: like, an art movie it's
1: not at all it's a vanity project that you made because you had yeah. access to 10 million dollars because your wife is madonna
0: it's like Angelina Jolie makes better movies than this, buddy.
1: Have you seen the music video he directed for her?
0: No. What, what it feels like.
1: It? What it feels like for a girl where she's no. like driving around on like a rampage. No. I guess it was banned from MTV. It was like a controversial video. Yeah. And then at the time too, he had already shoot, started shooting the movie before he secured the rights from Lena Wertmuller. So he started shooting what? it. And then he, yeah, he finally got her to give him the rights. And she only did it because I guess at the time, She had noticed that there was kind of like a reevaluation of the movie and that people were starting to come around to it. And she at the time had an idea for a sequel that she was like, oh, I'd like to make a sequel to it. And she was like, well, maybe if, yeah, if this guy makes a movie with Madonna, it'll stir up interest and I can get money to make this movie. Smart. But then they interviewed her and she was like, I don't know what the fuck they did to my movie. I don't know what they were thinking. Now I can't get money to make this shit because they right. ruined bucks like or more. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of like the legacy of it, which fucking sucked because the original, even though it was, you know, controversial, it did well. It made more money in nineteen seventy-five than the Madonna one did in two thousand two. So
0: that's fucking crazy.
1: So the original has a fifty nine percent. Wow, uh, really?
0: Just it's it literally is the freshest movie we can do. I know, and it won't be it won't be fifty nine percent next year.
1: It's gone up. It was, I guess, fifty seven percent recently, and it had just gone up to fifty nine.
0: We're edgy. Um,
1: it didn't get the best of reviews at the time. There were a lot of people, like we said, that found it to be really anti feminist and sexist, and really violent, and misogynistic, which is kind of fucking crazy. But that
0: also really does show that people see gender before they see class.
1: For sure. And, and look, that's not to say that a woman can't make a fucking sexist movie or that a fucking, you know, yeah, yeah, a yeah. black person can't make a fucking racist movie about black people. Like, it obviously, that's really narrow. But I mean, like, that, just but, about,
0: like, their characters, too. It's just yeah. like, so when people see that, yeah, I'm just like, okay.
1: Yeah, some critics had said, John P. Level said, uh, The sexual violence can be analyzed as political violence within the framework of patriarchal politics and the film's concerned with a symbolic presentation of social revolt. Roger Ebert did give it four stars. What's interesting is he gives it four stars, but it's kind of like a backhanded four-star review where he's like, I wish the movie wasn't political, which is weird. Yeah, he said the the film resists the director's most determined attempts to make it a fable about the bourgeoisie and the proletariat and persists in being about a man and a woman. On that level, it's a great success. Um, There's even newer reviews that have come out in the last few years, obviously fucking god knows what some random critic that watches this movie in 2022 on rotten tomatoes is gonna say someone named neil miller at gay community news said disheartening and incomprehensible uh someone named Kara margolis at spare ribs said swept away is disappointing because it raises difficult questions about sex class and eroticism which should be explored by women directors yet its impact is to reinforce many man-made myths i love this an outlet called big mama rag big mama rag what Big Mama Rag Next said, this film is nothing less than anti-woman. That the director and producer was a woman is irrelevant. But getting into the Madonna one, which oh, has God. a 5%, as we said, 28% audience score. It also has a fi- an 18 on Metacritic, which is extremely low. Yeah, Megan yeah. Lehman at the New York Post said, not as bad as rumor would have it, it's worse so bad it can't even be camp um newsweek said it stinks <laughs> the movie is so inert and madonna's performance so starkly amateurish that it's impossible to take it seriously as an allegory about class and gender Films threat said it certainly didn't take long for madonna to ruin guy Ritchie's career he recovered. well i mean that's you, it seems yeah, like literally.
0: he kind of did it. yeah
1: i think he's okay i think they're both okay he was getting pegged he was happy let's see here i think
0: madonna has gone like fully off the rails though
1: Stephanie Zachary of Salon said, It isn't dubbed, but it sure feels like it. The characters open their mouths and their lips don't seem to be shaping the right words. You can't believe any human being would ever utter such ludicrous dialogue with so little conviction. Yeah, no feeling, no comedy, no eroticism. Oh, Roger Ebert said a deserted island movie during which i desperately wish the characters had chosen one movie to take along if they were stranded on a deserted island and were showing it to us instead of this one and then manila dargus was it's a bad review but she was kinder to it she said madonna may be better in this film than she's been in some of her recent endeavors especially when she stops okay. screeching her lines but she's done herself no favors with her choice of material the double feature of this gave me whiplash.
0: Yeah, it was kind of fun. Can't wait till we do it to the loft <laughs> and overboard.
1: <laughs> Who's your MVP for, for both of them?
0: Well, we didn't really talk about her. Okay, well, for the original, I don't know, maybe the director or the dude. I, everyone's really good in the original. Like, the I know, original it's kind of like,
1: like a two-hander. They're both so fucking good. It just feels like
0: it's just like a piece of art where you're like, I don't know. But in the new one, I actually, the only joy I got was from Elizabeth
1: Banks. <laughs> They call her retarded at one point. They're like, "Is she?" Yeah, I actually think
0: that she is like pretty funny and like. (laughs) winning in this movie and it really made me like miss the era of elizabeth banks like pre-fame
1: pre-cocaine because, bear
0: yeah because i feel like she was just like really trying to steal the scenes and she succeeded
1: I, everyone else is like fine on the boat i actually yeah, gene think bruce, bruce actually... greenwood probably gives the best performance in the movie for besides ha- what elizabeth he, Banks. yeah for like what he has to do um gene triple Orton also has a line where she says have a martini really pop a pill and fuck my husband everyone else does
0: and like when she's making fun of the elizabeth banks character i think it's pretty funny. But But it just makes the center of the movie feel even more hollow when you're like, oh, actually, these other two are kind of fun (laughs) on the boat, just like being catty to one another. That's great. This is a misfire for us. I feel like we've done a lot of like, no, it's not quite a misfire. This is a fucking misfire for him. For her, no. But it's the only movie of hers that I've seen, so...
1: Yeah, I can not see yet. out of the things that I've seen of hers. It's great. It's not my favorite of the things I've watched of hers, but it's still fucking great. I would highly recommend watching the original or do what we did and do a double feature. Honestly, the second one is only 85 minutes. It I is short. you
0: say, It would take you less time to watch both ways than if you chose to watch Babylon.
1: That is true. That is very true. Unfortunately, the Guy Richie one, like you might have to pay to rent if you dare. It is on Crackle, which is. Oh, yeah. Crackle's free. This movie. Crackle's free. This movie belongs on Crackle. I mean, let's be yeah. real. This is a Crackle. This should be a Crackle original. And the Lena Vertmuller, the original version of Swept Away, is available on Canopy and Metrograph. You can also rent it. If you have a library card, you can watch it on Canopy. If you want a Metrograph membership, it's very cheap. It's like $5 a month, and they have a really great oh, really? selection of films on there. You can can watch most of Lena Burtmuller's films on there. Some of her other ones are on Criterion. Some of them are on Amazon. But I'm, I'm excited to watch more of her work. I really- Yeah, me too. I'm so- It's been a while since I've been like excited about a filmmaker that I hadn't seen any of her stuff. Anyway, if you are listening to this on Apple or Spotify or any of those other podcast apps, thank you so much. Please don't forget to rate yeah. and review us and tell your friends because we're also on Patreon. You can subscribe today for tiers beginning at $3 a month, which will get you early access to episodes. For higher tiers, you can get bonus episodes and more perks. And a very special thank you to our top subscribers. We could not do this without you. So a very special thank you. <laughs> thank we could you. not do this without you. Thank you so much. <laughs> a very special thank you to you, Royce Burke, Victoria Krueger, Andrea Ferris, ASR, Ben Beakey, Devin Hanson, Jeanne Onorel, Constant Carino, Graham Redman, Jeff Raposh, Neil Fuller, Matthew Hayes, Brittany Barker, Brody Anderson, Eero Sayano Eric Hockman, J D Koski, Kerry Ones, Madeline Dugan, Mary Caitlin Koski, Nick Laskin, and Ryan Oliver. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Tell your friends. Tell them. Tell your friends. Come on, tell them about us. Next week, we're gonna be doing a little Nicholas Rogue double feature. We're gonna be talking about bad timing. We're gonna be talking about a real freaking. Starring Art Garfunkel. Starring Art. If I'm not mistaken. Garfunkel.
0: He worked with musicians, though. He, he did. Like, Art
1: Garfunkel as a... Yeah, he's in Carnal Knowledge. I mean, Art Garfunkel yeah. had a, an acting career. It's funny because in Bad Timing, yeah, he plays weird. a guy who fucks and not just fucks, but fucks Teresa Russell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll be talking about Bad Timing, a movie that you can watch on the Criterion channel because it's a Criterion movie. It's one of the rare, rotten Criterion movies. So we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about his follow-up to that called Eureka with Gene Hackman and Teresa Russell, which you can watch on Tubi Um, you also get Mickey Rourke and Joe Pesci as greasy Miami (laughs) mobsters in it so join us for those and we'll also have our bonus episode coming out later on the Witches of Eastwick
0: I really am excited for that
1: I'm excited to watch it anyway thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week bye guys do you know what?